like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres to keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, um, signings, all that other good stuff. Love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, MoneyMattersTopTips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Marquita Gillespie on the line. She's the owner and principal over at MG Procurement Consulting. Uh, Marquita, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm excited to get into what you're doing over at uh, MG Procurement Consulting and how you're helping your clients. Uh, But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started as an entrepreneur and in business? So Adam, like many students going through school, I really did not have an idea of what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, So I uh, majored in business. I graduated from the University of Arizona, and even upon graduation, really didn't have uh, an idea of what I wanted to do. So I was very open and uh, found myself with the great opportunity to meet with a gentleman who was with uh, the procurement industry and was hiring for a large city and met with him and uh, found out about this profession uh, as a public servant uh, working in my community, uh, doing procurement. And, and for people who don't know what procurement is, it's a, a term used for uh, acquiring uh, goods and services, design construction needs for uh, government agencies, also private sector. Uh, but I worked in the public sector. And uh, before you know it, I, I had the job. And uh, 27 years later, I was blessed to have retired from Uh, the city of Tucson, which is where I worked throughout my career, and uh, just was very fortunate to uh, really fall into uh, a profession and a career that I have uh, truly loved and and continue to work in even to this day. Wow, that's amazing. I I love it. So you, um, your consulting business, you know, kind of came as an offshoot of after you um, had already worked in the, in the private, in the public sector, excuse me. Um, and it's based off of you just having the lo- loving what you've done throughout your career. Does that sound about right? Yes, absolutely. Um, during my career, I, I was very fortunate to be able to get engaged in the profession uh, well beyond the position that I held um, mm-hmm. in uh, the agency I worked for. And I became involved in uh, everything from serving on uh, various boards and task forces and commissions uh, in various leadership roles. Uh, through that, I began, uh, began getting involved in teaching for the profession, uh, which uh, allowed me to travel uh, to a lot of different government agencies all over North America. And that eventually led into uh, consulting opportunities, which I did, um, again, primarily for uh, the public sector uh, while I was also working, but that became uh, an interest. Uh, and between the teaching and the consulting, uh, I decided to go ahead after I retired from the public sector uh, to continue uh, doing both of those because I really do enjoy um, working with professionals and, and helping them not only be better professionals, but help them do a better job for their communities and help their agencies become better. Uh, So that is 
really what drove the creation of my uh, independent consulting firm. Wow, that's great. Um, and so, you know, there's some people that are just getting started uh, in their career listening right now, and they're kind of, you know, they they may be in a in a position that they like, they don't like, they're kind of still in the in the middle of figuring it out. Uh, what what kind of advice would you give them, and you know, on their next steps and kind of just figuring out their place in, in, out of college? Well, having uh, two college-age students myself, I really appreciate this uh, topic. Uh, (laughs) Now you can just send them the episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm always telling them, first of all, don't stress out. You know, you don't have to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're 18, uh, 20. Uh, And I don't necessarily think it's a problem if people find themselves in the middle of a a job or a a career that perhaps they either – don't really feel like it's the best fit for them or if they've they've lost their passions and, and are looking for something new. I think the beauty of uh public service especially is is it it's a it's a draw and a calling I think for people who want to give back. Uh and that's not to take away from individuals who work in the private sector, but there really is something intrinsic as a value uh to want to serve your community, um whether that's as a teacher or a government employee. Uh, working, you know, in the sanitation department or running mm-hmm. finances for a, a fire district. Um, so I think for, for many people who have an interest in that, there's so many opportunities in so many different types of areas that you really don't learn about when you're in grade school and, and high school and, and even in college. So one of the things I spend a, a lot of time doing in the profession is also advocating for uh, not only the growth of the profession, but opportunities to do outreach to the younger generations so they understand more about, in my case, the specific opportunities in procurement and what it is about procurement. You know, what do you do? What are the skill sets that that you get to exercise? Um, what's the service that you're providing and the interests that might align for you in this type of career uh, so that our younger generations have a greater sense of uh, opportunities beyond those typical careers and professions that children hear about growing up through the the education world. Mm, no, uh, definitely. I want to um, switch it up a bit. I want to talk a little bit more, Marquita, about what you're doing over at uh, MG Procurement Consulting. You gave us a you gave us a little bit of a hint in terms of training and doing other things um, in the procurement sector, but let, let's get a little bit deeper. So, what kind of uh, clients are you taking on, and how are you helping them? Well, I'm very fortunate that um, I do have some name recognition in my industry, and so I often am uh, asked to come out and uh, teach uh, various topics in, again, public sector procurement uh, that branches off into uh, leadership, and it has branched off into some private sector clients. Uh, But we, you know, I provide teaching on everything from contracting to ethics to contract administration uh, to leadership uh, to communications to strategic planning. So it's a, a litany of topics that uh, all have touch points in the procurement profession. And uh, connected to that, I will be asked many times to come out and speak at conferences or to speak at meetings about different topics related to the profession. And uh, on the consulting side, 
generally I'm serving as an independent contractor either through another uh, firm that I work with or independently. And that's usually where government agencies uh, are looking to make various changes, improvements in their uh, organization to improve the service to the community. So as an example, someone um, may ask, okay, we'd like you to write a, a policy on procurement for our agency or a procedure, or they may ask us to just do an organizational assessment. Come in, take a look at what we're doing, and in light of the industry's best practices and experience with a multitude of different types of government agencies, what would you recommend we do uh, differently? Uh, sometimes it's a very specific engagement. Sometimes it's a little more broad and open-ended. But I've been very fortunate. I've, I've worked everything, uh, worked for everything from a, a city to a county to a university, uh, a small township, uh, state government, uh, special districts, uh, airports. So I've, I've had uh, the good fortune to really get a sense of how lots of different types of agencies and mm -hmm. both very small and very large agencies uh, and that continues to evolve so that I can bring greater value to my next clients. Mm. And so are there, I mean, you've been in procurement a long time, obviously you're, you're definitely a thought leader and an industry leader in that, in that sense. And, uh, and you're, you're sought after speaker. What kind of trends are you noticing right now, if any, in, in the industry overall? I think the one uh, that is especially pertinent in, in my work is uh, the trend with the workforce. And, and I know this is not unique to uh, public procurement, uh, but we have a very large numbers. They, they refer to it often as that silver tsunami where uh, large groups of uh, generations, uh, both my generation and the generation before me that either have retired or are retiring, um, the, the younger generations seem to uh, be more transient in their um, professional experiences. So they, they like to go somewhere, get some experience, move on to something new and different. And so whereas I think my generation tended to stay in a position for many years, um, and myself certainly having retired from the same agency I worked with throughout my career, uh, the dynamics that we see now definitely is having an impact on government, and that impact is not only the loss of, of the talent, uh, but the expense of constantly having to invest in training and onboarding mm. um, people, and then having those people leave, not necessarily for um, bad reasons, but just by nature of their interests. And so that creates a vacuum of both information and talent in many of these agencies and difficulties in them tackling uh, anything other than the constant evolution of hiring and training and developing a professional. And so um, people in my type of uh, position end up being sought out frequently to kind of supplement that, that skill base and that knowledge and to often tackle some work that uh, people within the agency are certainly capable of doing, but they just don't have the time and the, the right resources to get to them uh, because they're busy delivering frontline service to the community. So I, I would say that's probably the biggest one. There's lots of technology changes that are changing, obviously, the way we all work. That's not unique to public procurement. 
uh, but it is a greater challenge, I think, for government because of both the expense and the skills required to bring in those technologies and, and maximize them, and just that natural tendency not to tackle brand new technology. I think government has a tendency to wait and um, see how technology is used before bringing it in. Uh, I run into lots of agencies who are still, quite frankly, um, almost in the typewriter days, and that's unfortunate, mm -hmm. but you oh, know, wow. we're here to help everybody, right? And, and so there's always lots of opportunity for um, everybody out there, and uh, that's the beauty of uh, what I do. I, I really enjoy helping people um, become better versions of themselves. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh and, and that trend it makes so much sense when, when you hear it and that and you, you, you don't you think about how it affects you hear, you know, maybe tech industries, other industries you hear about often, but when you think about something like procurement, government, other things, wow, that is problematic. If somebody's not willing to kinda of go really deep into that field, you know, for and spend twenty years and if they're if you're hiring somebody and they leave in a year or two years, you're you have to train somebody else. I mean that 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 can really clog up the um our um existing system so i can see where you're you've become um i'm not saying you weren't very important when you were in your field but now geez they're leaning on you even more because they they, they need you they're like please I, I get it and it makes sense that um you're a very finite resource in terms of somebody out there with your expertise and it makes sense why you're a thought leader in your field um, so, Marquita, if somebody is uh, listening to this and they want more information about MG Procurement Consulting or to reach out to you as a speaker um, on leadership or any other topic, uh, what's the best route for them to, to reach you? I'd say really the best way is to uh, look me up on LinkedIn. Um, you know, LinkedIn is a tremendous resource, and uh, I think it's a, a great way for people to connect and maximize on their collective talents. I do it all the time. I'm always out there. Um, I, I like to post a lot. I like to read a lot of the posts and connect with other professionals. So uh, I'm under uh, Marquita Gillespie on LinkedIn and would be happy to connect with new, new uh, colleagues. All right. That's great. Uh, well, thank you, Marquita, for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it and uh, giving us some lessons on, uh, on procurement. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review. Do all those great things that we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And Marquita, thanks again for coming on the show.